Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Drink it in, man. Deep left side carry on, picks up a block, at the five, at the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Get up, Stafford throws. It is end zone. Caught. Oh, baby, what a catch. Kenny Galladay, you're a freak. What a catch. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. We are back here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. This is your boy Oakry. It is a Friday. We are talking Detroit Lions. The NFL draft is complete. We talked about it. I'm sure we're going to continue to talk about it. Grifka told me he's out of topics, but I don't buy it. I know he's got something today that's probably going to get me all riled up. Um, plenty to still talk about. I know everybody thinks this is going to be a dead period now the draft is over and we're not going to maybe have the type of offseason we're used to. I would not be surprised if our Detroit Lions have something up their sleeve and uh, may still be putting in work trying to get this roster right as we head to the season. So I'm excited to see what happens. You just never know in the NFL. And before you know it, I'm hoping that we will have uh, have football like we're used to. So with all that being said, let's introduce the, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, the guy that tells me this is why the people listen is for him. I mean, that's debatable, no doubt about it. But uh, he's a good buddy of mine, and he's the... Uh, um, the other part of the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, the other Detroit Kool-Aid drinker, I mean, I can't say he does this as much as I do, but I try to force him to do it because, you know what I'm saying, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, this is what we do in Detroit with our Lions. Drink it in, man. Grifka, you got a big old glass of Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, I mean, are you ready to do this here on a Friday or what? Oh, yeah, and you know that's a big old glass of Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid, especially with the nice weather we have right now. It's nice springs, you know, I think we're all finally through with the winter weather and, you know, 1st of May. It's nice out. Golf courses are back open again in Michigan. It's one of the things that did open back up. Thank you, Governor. Some of my friends already had tea times. I'm just like, you realize it's going to be busy, and they're like, we don't care. I'm like, gosh, you know, it's going to be 60s this weekend, almost 70 on Sunday. Get outside, go for a walk, enjoy the weather. Cut the grass. Do something. As Griffith continues to... <laughs> What'd you say? I said, thank God it's Friday. Uh, <laughs> Griffith, why, why every week do you keep promoting for people to go hang out and go do all this stuff when we're supposed to like be flattening the curve and staying indoors you keep telling people to like go visit their neighbors go play on the swing set go uh go hang out at the grocery store go do this do that it's like 
You're not supposed to be doing any of those things. And and why the heck did they open up golf? What a stupid thing to do. Just to like, I don't know. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Well, I mean, it's outside activity as long as you're six feet away from everybody. I mean, that's fine. I've, uh, and when I've been out for uh, jogs, I've seen neighbors chatting with each other, you know, and standing in their own yards, you know, at least over six feet apart. So <laughs> go and talk to people, you know. I mean, it's one of those things being cooped up inside all the time, you know, not being able to chat with people. Get nice weather. Head outside. Go, so, you know, like I said, go, go uh, not say knock on your neighbor's door. Just yell over the fence at them. <laughs> say, hey, so, come outside and talk. <laughs> so, Grifko, let me ask you this. Would that little talk or that little walk or that little uh... – back nine is that really going to be worth it if you end up coming down with the, with the covid no 19 virus like man i don't I, I might have this deathly disease now but man i'm so glad i got to talk to my dumb neighbor for two minutes i guess it depends <laughs> on how bad you really want to talk to somebody oh my gosh it seems so stupid like i say even the golf like wow you, you really can't golf the next 20 years of your life you want to go out and, and go hit the old sticks you know when everybody else has been told to stay indoors and and like oh i'm sure a lot of people are are, are dealing like adhering to the six feet garbage like you know they ain't doing that when they get out in a group of five six guys golfing you ain't gonna be staying you know far apart or it's just the risk against the reward makes no sense to me. These people, everybody acts like, man, I, I got to live my life. It's like you can live your life once we get through this. You just can't do it right now. And and all this putting yourself in danger just so you can go uh, have this one little, you know, oh, I got to go to my restaurants. Like, okay, you know, tell me how good that food is if you end up coming down with this horrible issue that we're going through right now. So anyway, we haven't talked to any about it. We shouldn't even, but you got me all hot and bothered here at the start. Um, Grifka, we got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, again, it's a Friday. I, I feel like I had something else I needed to grill you on off the top, but I can't remember what it is now. So what the heck we got going today? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I realize that just got your blood up there a little bit. So, man, I hope you put some smooth jazz on in the background because <laughs> I have a couple other things here that might get your blood up. You know, stuff mm. that I'd like to ask you about just to get your opinion. Oh, you know, it's right after the draft. So, uh. You know, there's uh, plenty of material out there, out there bagging on our beloved Detroit Lions. <laughs> so, uh, my, my first question for you. Oh Are you sitting God. down? Here we go. Because, you know, I, like I said, you know, this might be something where you get your blood up, and I don't want you pushing over uh, one of those Ming vases that you have in your house or something like that. <laughs> I'm good, man. You're the, you're the one with the, the blood pressure due to salt issues. I But I'm <laughs> I, I'm ready to, to deal with anything you could throw at me. What the heck? What, what okay. do you got? Okay. First first article I saw, which kind of, you know, I would say blew my mind. Lions 24-7. We talked about it. We talked about it, um, you know, on Wednesday. Uh, we, we both pretty much agreed that the Lions had a good draft. Would you agree with that statement? I think so. I mean, you're, you're saying that we agreed on the show? I mean, was it you agreeing yeah. with me? Is that how it worked? Yeah. But we agreed that the Lions had a good draft. So, yes, yeah. I agreed with you. Yeah. So, uh, once again, the pile rankings come out. I'm always interested in this. And well, I know we brought this up before. Oh, you know, the Lions were ranked at 28th. And, you know, you know, pre, pre-draft, pre they were ranked 28th. And we talked about it on a prior show. So, I'm like, okay, I got this. You know, they had a good draft. They had to bump up. Uh, no, for some odd reason, the Lions are now ranked at 30th after the draft, <laughs> you know, uh, in the power rankings. How does that happen? For Grifka, I mean, I gotta ask, answer your question with a question. I mean, <laughs> is this real right now? Is this is this a real question? I mean, is this is this Lions twenty four seven garbage? Is this some make believe thing you read? I mean, 
there's no way in he double hockey sticks that we're that we're 30th in power rankings no this was uh the nfl network in their uh, power <laughs> rankings so uh you know it wasn't lines 24 7 because if it was lines 24 7 it would have been like probably like number three. <laughs> oh my goodness grifka i don't i don't know why you you read this stuff i don't know why you bring it to my attention i mean the the fact that the Detroit Lions are were down in the bottom of the league is understandable because these these dolts these morons like have never even been to Detroit they couldn't name four players on our team they just look at last year's record and go yep uh, the Detroit Lions yep they only won a few games uh, let's just put them at the bottom three and 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 don't give a crap about them like I say it's all about you know the actual bigger picture. You know, when you look at it. So when you tell me this stuff, I just laugh at it. I just look at it and say these people don't know what they're talking about. I mean, if the Lions were were semi-healthy last year, I mean, we easily win, you know, six, seven games minimum. We probably win, you know, eight, nine games and maybe get ourselves into the playoffs on the back end. The way that Stafford was playing and the way that, you know, we were we were we were doing in some of those early football games. So like you said, to add a good draft to, to get some of the complainers, to get some of the whiners out of here, to go ahead and, and, and add players that are bought in and that have more juice maybe than the players before them. I mean, come on, man, this is this to me right now, just on paper alone is like a, is a, is right in the middle of the pack, you know, with, with, with top 12, 15 upside, you know, depending on, on how they play and how things go, if not better. So like you say, take this first question, Grifka, you know, you know what to do with it, crumple it up, throw it away. I know you're, you're the one that gets yourself all stirred up. I just look at these and say, man, the fact that somebody would think we're still 30th in the league with a a type of quarterback, our offense, Grifka, I'm hoping you got something on the offense today. If you don't, I, I need a couple minutes to talk about the Detroit Lions offense, so we'll, we'll keep it moving. But I got that in my back pocket, depending on how this show goes. Okay. And then I want to congratulate you on, you know, staying mellow with that question because uh, I have something else that uh, we'll, we'll have to ask you about as well. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, and of course, you know, once again, it's always the, uh, you know, the draft just happens and people are grading it out. And I believe, was it you talked about uh, the CBS, you know, you know, was kind of bashing on the Detroit draft and, but, you know, other draft, uh, draft Knicks gave the lines a good draft and, you know, draft grade. But, uh, then they have the infamous too not too early for next year's draft. So naturally I'm, like, ah, I'm always wondering where, you know, what, what are they thinking about the lions? So once again, number one, uh, you know, they had Carolina drafting first and I'm like, gosh, is Carolina going to be really that bad? They must've thought that highly of Cam Newton. And I realized Carolina doesn't have that great a quarterback, but I think number two was like Cincinnati, and then um, number three, the Detroit Lions oh taking Justin Fields out of Ohio State. And I'm just like, <laughs> what really? is happening right now? I think the Lions are going to draft third again, and then they're going to take Justin Fields out of Ohio State. So uh, once again, just want to get your thought process on that. So obviously they didn't think the Lions were going to improve at all, and, and they thought you know they were just going to take a quarterback. So uh, what are you thinking about that? <laughs> All right, Griff, no beating around the bush. Now you pissed me off. Like normally I do the gimmick lines or I'll, I'll kid around with you. Now, now you got me hot because the Detroit Lions ain't picking third. 
ever again in the next five years. They dang sure ain't taking Justin Fields out of Ohio State. We got enough damn Buckeyes on this team. <laughs> Third of all, like, what are you trying to tell me that lazy boy scouting, you're trying to get ahead of the game and get to 2020? Everybody knows you don't even pick up a draft guide until maybe a couple days before or until you tune into the Detroit Kool-Aid cast that you're on. And I tell you all the good draft players, which is over, you know, eight, ten months away at this point. So this this whole thing makes no sense to me. I mean, <laughs> it's just a complete debacle on all levels. I mean, the Detroit Lions are going to have a, a playoff caliber team. We are going to hit the ground running. There isn't no third, fifth, sixth overall. We, we're not taking a quarterback. That's pretty clear this year. Matt Stafford, if his back doesn't disintegrate, is going to be here at least through his contract, which goes another three years. I don't even know if Fields is going to be an NFL caliber quarterback. I mean, he's a he's a gadget gimmick player at that university I shall not speak of. I mean, he's got a few uh, talents in the college game, but I don't know that he's going to translate at a high level. So we're not we're not taking him no matter what. I mean, this is just this is just ridiculous, Grifko. Like, how you would even ask me such a question on a Friday? Just in, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, is just uh, absolutely incredulous. I mean, uh, how how would you do make such an oblivious decision? I mean, it's 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 malpractice, I must say. Ay ay ay. Yeah, what you just said is how I felt. I'm like Justin Fields, third. I'm like, we're a lot better than that. I I stopped I stopped reading it after I after I came across. I wasn't worried about who was behind them because I'm thinking there's no way like the Giants are like better than there's no way you know yeah I was just but no they had the Lions picking like you said Justin Fields and when I saw Justin Fields the first thing that came to my mind was just like Jake Fromm made Justin Fields you know transfer i know it was all this other thing it's like oh no this was said to me down there so i had to transfer out because i didn't feel full you weren't getting playing time because of jake Fromm. and jake Fromm, what you know like barely got drafted this year you know so and everybody's like oh justin feels so great look at him yeah okay man the guy can't throw the ball 15 yards downfield accurately and everybody's like look at all those long there's a difference when you just throw the ball up in the air you know like 30 yards 40 yards downfield you know and let your wide receiver run under it as opposed to like hitting somebody on a freaking dime on a crossing pattern which he struggles with a la baker mayfield but uh i don't want justin fields either i mean like you said they're not going to take a quarterback so that was just just stupid so i love your reaction there so like i said just (laughs) Put the smooth jazz on. Go light a candle that smells like lilac or apple butter or something like that. Just calm down, because right here we're just going to take a pause for the cause. Well, hold on, no, give, we can't. Give me a short second to relax. We can't pause yet because we got we got a couple issues. Did you just say a candle that smells like butter? I said apple butter. Okay, I'm like, are you getting margarine, margarine candle smells like that's just ridiculous to me. And Griff, don't think I'm letting you get away with that question. And whoever wrote that absolute drivel of an article without saying that that was probably this. It's a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's 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 absolute ridiculousness. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. I mean, it's disgraceful, Grifka. Like, I mean, now we can take a pause. Now I can calm down. Now we can come back after the break because I know we got stuff that's going to be incredible. I mean, right, Frank Ribble? Wow! 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 Right. We're going to do exactly that. We're going to wow the people right after the break, Grifka, when we do what? After we take a pause for the cause? Absolutely. Everybody, we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, Detroit. We are back on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Uh, You know what it is, uh, the place that brings you two podcasts a week. I mean, again, I hate to note it, but again, me putting in all the hard work off the show, either on this show and my other show, Believe in Lions, B-L-E-A-V in Lions. Three podcasts a week talking Detroit Lions football. I mean, just wait, Griff, because we're winning big, we're winning Super Bowls. Like, it's going to be the biggest show on the planet. I mean, we're we're ready today to just uh, see what else you got for me. I mean, that first part of the show, I mean... I, I've kept you on here for the second part of the show, but it was dicey there for a bit. You got me all upset. You got me all frustrated. Let's see if we can uh, either keep that up or, or turn that around here in the second part of the show. What else you got? Okay, so once again, the draft is over. and We touched base a little bit about the defense. You know, what type of defense you think they'll be kind of running this year. But after the draft, they seem to plug some holes with their draft picks that they got. But I guess my biggest question for you is, do you see any other holes you know, on the defense, on the offense, that still need to be filled with some of that cap money that they still have? Yeah, I mean, Griff Guy, I think that Mike Singletary said it best. I want winners. I want people that want to win. <laughs> I, I, I still think, uh, like I said on the uh, other show recently, I mean, we got some dogs. We, we got some nasty football players now. I mean, do we have as many as, I don't know, the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs or the um, some of the other top teams in, in football? No, I don't think so. But I think that, uh, you know, we're talking about holes and stuff to fill. I mean, I've kind of come to this realization that, like, you know, people on the outside or people in the media or fans and, and, and us even on the show, we're we're focusing on the wrong things. I mean, I think we're sitting there going, man, you need edge help. Man, you need a penetrating defensive tackle. Oh, you need an offensive tackle. You need and like I feel like the Lions don't think they need barely any of those based on how they're building their team when it comes to, you know, coverage over rush. I feel like that they, they're much more of a plugging interior type of team, not a guy that's gonna have an Aaron Donald that gets up the field on every play and tries to just kill the quarterback and then when you talk about like the offensive tackles I feel like they they love them some Taylor Decker I wouldn't be surprised if they give him extension and try to keep him around I think that they think he's a you know up and coming uh, tackle he's had some shoulder problems which I think set him back and I think now they're thinking that he can take a step forward and be the he already sounds like he's the leader of that offensive line room you know just in general or from a, a you know, a guy that speaks up type perspective. So, you know, I think that we're focusing on all those needs. I feel like the Lions feel they're much better shaped than that. Obviously, they believe in Hal Vitae more than some of us as well. But, uh, you know, if I was going to say that and then think, what do they think their holes are? I mean, 
I I think they wanna they wanna be a dynamic offense. You know, I think they wanna almost you know, be so multi-dimensional. I might as well get my offensive take in here, Griff, because I think it fits. Like, to me, you look at the Detroit Lions offense, I feel like we're one of the most complete, versatile um, units in all of football. Like, you know, I, I was watching the draft and I was seeing all these teams take these gimmick fast receivers, taking, you know, three receivers with their first four picks just because they think they're going to, you know, compete with Kansas City and we got to get some speed players and we got to, you know, beef up our offense. I mean, the Lions don't have those type of players, but just listen to this for a second, Grifka. Stafford, Swift, Carrion, Marv, Kenny, Danny, uh, Hawkinson, like... Uh, I mean, when you're talking offensive guys, all those guys are plus players in the league and guys that you got to deal with on Sundays. It's not like I name off three names and it's like, okay, yeah, we can just take those guys away. Like, I think they can be dynamic on offense. I think they want to keep adding to that so that nobody can can come in and make them play left-handed on Sundays. And then I don't even know what they would need defensively. I think that they would be open to like maybe a dynamic, you know, off the ball rush player. But when you're looking at their safeties, corners and, and even their interior, I don't think they think they have many holes. And even for me, I'm looking at it going like if some of these guys play the way they're supposed to, I mean, the only thing is, I guess you'd like to continue to add depth or, or add, you know, good solid football players, maybe a couple blue chippers, but I mean, I like the offensive side of the ball from top to bottom, you know, in regards to just every spot. It's not like an empty hole. And then on defense, it's just sort of like, you know, the buy-in as well as the depth, I think, is what it get up, up over the top, you know, uh, more so than, hey, we got three good defensive players, but the rest of our defense is shoddy. So, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with it. What do you think the uh... – strongest unit on defenses and what the weakest unit is on defense and vice versa for the offense, the strongest and weakest. Hmm. I mean, strongest unit on defense to, you know, to me, it's, hmm, it's probably between the, the linebackers and the safeties, I guess I would say, you know, I feel most comfortable with our safeties when you talk about Tracy Walker and Harmon being the, the top two and then being uh, Will Harris as well as curse and a couple other, um, you know, game changers underneath of that. I, I feel like that's a pretty solid, you know, group of uh, four or five guys, whatever it may be come game days, the linebackers as well. I know you hate a few of them, but I think that, you know, you see a, a step up with, with Collins in the room, you'll see maybe a little bit of, I wonder if they'll keep Jalen Reeves, Maven, let him do some other things or if he's not long for the roster, but you know, you need to vie to be the solid player. I've heard a couple experts this offseason saying how much they really liked him and how they think he'll be really solid, you know, moving forward. I mean, you'd have to be better than he was in year one to solidify that position, but I think he could be really good. So I think we got depth there as well as guys that, yeah, they may not uh, wow you on name value or just maybe they're, you know, consistent playmaking, but I feel like it's a, a deep unit and something that we can we can get by with on this team. Um, offensively, I mean, you're going to hang your hat on that, uh, on that receiver group first and foremost, you know, being able to spread people out, move, move the football, throw it up over the top at times. And then, you know, I'm just not selling that running game short. I feel like, 
you know, now that they've got uh, the top two, which I think is a great pairing along with, I'm really hoping that Bo not only sticks, but sort of finds his, his zone, which to me, Bo Scarborough is a guy that if he knows his role being like the, the thunder and the punch and the, the, maybe the short yardage type guy lets the other guys do their thing for the majority of the time. And they're all pretty young and dynamic. I mean, I think the oldest guy out of those three is probably like 23, 24 years old, you know, at, at most. I mean, that's a that's a nice little unit there. So start with the RB or wide receivers, move to the RBs. You got Stafford pulling the trigger. And, you know, I've been hanging my hat in fantasy football on TJ Hawkinson, Grifka. I think it's a, it's a big bounce back and it's a big, uh, you know, people have just written him off after year one. Oh yeah, he's all right, but he ain't going to do anything big. I feel like he could come back and be a touchdown maker and a guy that can really just, you know, be, be in the middle of that defense, making plays. Everybody's dealing with all these other people and, and Hawks just running crossing routes all day on people. So with, with Hawkinson, I, I know your love for him and I, I'm fine with that. Are, <laughs> are you okay with his backups? You know, I'm not saying Hawkinson will get hurt again, but it seems like they, they, they're almost kind of want to do like that two tight end thing that New England did there with, a, you know, a while. Are, are you OK with Jesse James or Nada or gosh, I can't remember. Was it the rookie free agent they signed out of Washington? I yeah. can't remember his name off the top of my head. I, I got you covered, Griffith. But first, I got to yell at you again. Are, are you really coming at me with, am I okay with Jesse James? Griffith, we both tried to support this pick, and then he came out was a hot piece of flaming garbage in 2019. Like, do you think I'm going to sit here on the show and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I love Jesse James, a great backup. Like, I'm, I'm excited to have him there. <laughs> of course I'm not. This guy's a freaking waste of space. He didn't make a play last year. He makes six, seven million dollars. Of course not. It's just he's been an embarrassment with that contract. Like he'd have to take five steps forward for me to be put him in the Grifka. He's okay category. I mean, seriously, that's how bad he was in in year one. Um, but but when it comes to Hawkinson and then uh, Hunter Bryant's the guy you're thinking of. He's actually a guy that I took in my little franchise picks where me against Hughes and uh, I think I took him in the sixth. Um, sixth round, maybe even that that later fifth round pick, whatever it was. He was pro football focus's top tight end prospect overall. The guy freaking didn't get drafted. The Lions scoop him up. He's literally like a wide receiver slash move tight end that can just go get the football, go watch some of his highlights. He just smooth, catch it, run after catch. The only thing that I heard about him is like we always hear after the fact, there might be some crazy medical or some type of weird injury issue that could totally derail him. But if not, like I thought that was a tremendous signing. We didn't bring up kind of the uh, UDFAs on our other shows, but like, you know, Bryant, as well as they brought in this kid that again, another fullback, which again, why would you want another fullback? Well, Nick Bodden hasn't really done what I hoped he would do, which is smash people in the mouth. The safety that, or this, uh, fullback that we got to me just looks like a ball player he looks like a guy that come in and hammer some people or maybe be an upgrade in that area other than that I didn't love what they did in undrafted free agency I always feel like it's these nobodies that nobody's ever heard of when there were tons of names there's probably 50 names after the draft that I would have been totally happy with and the only one they scooped up was Bryant but not only was Bryant PFF's top tight end he was the top guy left on my uh, board, my draft ranking board when that thing ended. So for the Lions to scoop him up, that was a that was a nice little late round pick. I'm hoping he can stick on the roster, be a lot better receiver than like a Logan um, Thomas was. But also they have to just use him right. Like don't ask him to block. Don't ask him to get in there. Just 
flex him out and throw him the football when he's on the field if he can if he can make the roster. So, uh, you know, I don't like the overall depth. I think Hunter, I mean, or Bryant is a flyer, but I also think that Hawkinson will be so good that you won't even you only have to worry about Jesse James doing anything and it might be it might be Nada and Bryant that sort of take over any snaps that he'd have and just wait till we can cut him and get out of that contract type of thing. Okay. Um I know we talked maybe that uh with all the linebackers that they signed that the Lions were going to stay away from the linebackers and they did. So my question for you is does Ragland jump one of the linebackers that started the core last last year because we all know jamie collins is obviously going to start um but does uh reggie ragland jump any of those other three and become a starter hmm. griff guy i usually give you a hassle on the show that's part of my gimmick but every once in a while i'll throw you a bone i mean i think this is another good point you bring up like i didn't even really put ragland into my equation he was signed late. He's sort of that under-the-radar guy. He's got some draft pedigree. He's got a Super Bowl, obviously, last year under his belt. He's also a two-down thumper that that frustrates us at times, you know, that, that can't cover, can't do certain things on the football field. But, yeah, I was looking at the depth chart the other day, and I was kind of like, man, I could see I could see it being like, you know, rotation of Tavai, Raglan, Collins, you know, those being your top three, pushing Jared Davis into more of a, a new role for him if they decide to not trade him or to, you know, keep him around. And then you've got, you know, depth players of, of Jones and Jalen Rees-Maven, however they end up shaking that out. But, yeah, I could definitely see the top three being um, being Tavai, Reggie, and, and Collins, not necessarily in that order, but those three guys really being out on the field a lot and kind of intermixing or like when Tavai's out, Raglan's that guy in the middle. Um, I think he brings some things to the table that we're sort of overlooking. I don't know why he wouldn't come in here and be able to be able to make some plays or fit in this type of scheme. Might be a nice little little find by Quinn and Patricia there. Okay. I like that take. I kind of thought that myself, like what you just mentioned. So I, I totally agree with your take right there. Cornbread! And, uh, one, more, uh, one more question about uh, about uh, the way the team is shaping up right now after the draft. And I know before the draft, they were kind of talking how hell Valitai, he may be, you know, everybody's thinking he's automatically going to be penciled in at tackle, but the option was still there for him to maybe bump down and play guard. But with what they did in the draft and what they've signed in free agency, you know, with Wiggins and Obushe, does it seem like hell Vitae is already penciled in at the right tackle? Or do you think... Crosby has a chance, you know, Dan Skipper's on the team, that guy, you know, is it still, or Hal Vitae is automatically right there. Real quick before I get to the question, Griffo, what, what would Skipper be in your mind? What would you deem him as here on the show? He's Camp Fodder, man. <laughs> uh, I was hoping you'd go there. It's a classic Grifka line. Um, I don't think there's much of a question anymore, Grifka, especially what they did in the draft, taking two interior linemen. You know, it kind of puts all that to bed about moving him inside or moving him around. I, I do feel like Crosby not only has been a, a you know, pretty big disappointment, if you want to be honest with it, you know, based on where they took him. I think it was a fifth round pick, but he was he was graded much higher. There were kind of high hopes that he'd come in and, and train here and then be able to step up and be the tackle. I mean, gosh, it. It, it obviously doesn't seem like that's going to happen because they paid Hal Vitae. So is he a, a backup swing tackle that can play both sides? I mean, I guess so. But by year three, four, whatever it's been, I would hope that we would have got more out of, out of that. So 
Hal Vitae, this is how it lays out, Grifsky. Hal Vitae on the right t- at the right tackle. I think you're going to see Stenberg take that right guard role. You're going to see Frankie Ragnow hold down the middle wearing that odd number 77 that he has. Feels like he's a, a hockey center there in the middle. And then on the left guard, you'd have, um, gosh, you're going to plug in Jonah Jackson and, and Taylor Decker, the two Ohio State boys on the left side. So that's how I see it checking out. You know, will Joe Dahl, good job Joe Dahl, make, even make the roster? I mean, those days may have passed if he can be that swing interior player that can play both guards and, and even play some center, you know, I think that'll be between him and Bo Benjwell, uh, whoever wins that out will probably be that swing interior guy. That's how I see the offensive line shaking out. And to be honest, I really think that that could be more than serviceable. Like, I, I think we joked about how like Stenberg was down our list and how I gave you crap about him and how you're not as high on him as I thought, but I could see him being like a Detroit favorite if he really d- does come in here and beat, beat up people, but, but not get the penalties that he had, um, you know, could be the type of mauler him and Hal Vitae be the maulers on the right side, have the pass protector sort of on that left side, which is Stafford's blind side. So I'm actually pretty dang excited that they went from a mismatched offensive line to maybe a back to an offensive line that we can not only believe in, but we can be excited about um, that might have more upside than most people think. Griff, no, am I, am I just, line. am I just serving up that, 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 that Honolulu blue Kool-Aid today? I mean, uh, the people out there based on my takes and my optimism today got to be doing some of this. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. I mean, it, it, it's being served. Uh, it's flowing today. <laughs> now, the offensive line, I think it ultimately depends on when camps are allowed to open, where teams are able to get together and work together. Because if it's like one of those short camps and and they don't have a whole lot of preseason before the games start, I don't know if they're going to go with two rookies down, you know, in the middle of the line like that. I mean, it's Ragnos' third year, and you're getting a new offensive lineman out there at tackling, you know, Vitae, who, who had started a little bit, but it's not like he's he's been around a while and has a lot of starts under his belt. I could see Jackson starting next to Taylor Decker. I could see him, you know, supplanting Joe Dahl in that happening, but I don't know if they want that both guards being rookies. So it might be one of those things where they plug Kenny Wiggins in there or – you know, maybe they do keep Joe Dahl over there and they put Jonah Jackson on the other side next to the Hal Vitae. But I could almost see it where it's Decker, Jackson, Ragnow, Kenny Wiggins, and Hal Vitae to start the season. And depending on how it is, maybe Stenberg improves during the year and he goes in there, or maybe it's Boat Benchwell, something like that. But I don't, I, with just the way the offseason is working out, I don't know if Detroit's going to want to put two rookie guards, you know, in there to start the season. Griff, did you really just tell the people that you think Kenny Wiggins is going to start at right guard for the Detroit Lions? I mean, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I think I'm more of a fan of that than having two rookie guards in there asking them to protect, you know, Matt Stafford and open holes. So, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not that great, but I think I like that a little more. <laughs> Griff, you know what I think about that take? No, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Wiggins ain't going to start for this team. I don't even know why he's still on the roster. You're going to see about five guards cut before him? you know. You were all worried about him cutting him and, you know, the cap, the cap hit, the massive cap hit that he's going <laughs> to. I mean, we, we talked about him and Abushi. <sighs> they signed them both. Just think if we cut them both, how much it's going to cost us in the cap hit. Griff, if you'd ever listen on the show, my point wasn't the salary cap. My point was 
don't sign people that you are going to look to replace, which they obviously did in the draft. So it's a wasted signing. I don't care if it costs you 500K, 800K, a mil and a half. It's still wasted money when if you had these guys pegged in the draft, just let Kenny Wiggins sit there. Just let Ode Abouche sit there on his couch at home. I guarantee there's not teams banging down his door to sign these bums. Like, you know, like Kenny Wiggins. Okay, you're a great, uh, great guy, a great uh, veteran. Yeah, also a turnstile last time I checked when you're out there playing. So I think, that, I think that... You know, you're always worried about these guys like, oh, they're they need some time. Like, I don't know if we should play them both. I mean, on the Believe in Lions show, I gave you why we should play them both, because Hal Vitae is new anyway. So there's not chemistry issues. If you plug in a new young guy, they can learn together. And, and you know, over there on the left side, it's a it's a plug and play. Both these guys, uh, Jonah Jackson and the Stember, they, they haven't given up a sack and like a year or two at the college football level. Like I'm pretty sure that's going to translate to being, uh, you know, pretty great or above average at the NFL level from the jump. I mean, would you just want to waste them for a year or two so they can just sit there like all these other offensive guards that we bring in and, Oh wait, they're, uh, they're, they're seasoning, they're teaching them. They're, they're, they're letting them build into the role and then they never play. Like, I think we'd be fine to throw him out there. I mean, really, like, you think either of those two players are a big step down from Joe Dahl? I mean, I doubt it, especially if you're moving Joe Dahl to the right side where he hasn't played. I don't even think since he's been a Lion, he's always been over there on the left side. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with just giving him the boot or making him the backup and putting in the young cats, especially because they got some dog in them and they want to get after people. I mean, that's what I've been begging for for a long time. Not these past set wimps that we keep bringing in that just sit there and try to, Oh, we're we're much more comfortable with pass blocking than run blocking. No, I need some graders. I need some dogs. I need some nasty football players that get down there and not only bury the guy in front of them, then kick him while he's down. Like I'm all about it. (laughs) Kick him while they're down. That's how you get those penalties that the Lions always get. You know who doesn't get those penalties? Pittsburgh, Green Bay, <laughs> you know, New England, Dallas. <laughs> that, that, that's your boy, Sue. That's your guy you always talk up on this show. That's that's him who is stomping people. But, hey, if Stenberg's got to stomp a fool to get us uh, to the next level and get a, get some uh, defenses scared of our O-line, hey, get, get the cleat sharpened. Let's go. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, Get that cleat sharp and you see him in the locker room and grinding those things down. Griffco, we we got Joe Dahl and Wiggins as our guard. I mean, I think we got this. No chance that's what you got. That's what we've had the last couple of years. But hey, I think these two young cats are going to be an infusion of nasty, an infusion of excitement, an infusion of actual guys that can keep people off the quarterback and drive you a little bit in the run game. I'm excited to see it. Well, that's all I got. Um, is there anything else you want to touch base on? I think we're good, Grifka. You've stirred me up. You've uh, got me frustrated. You've uh, got a couple good questions in, which is a surprise on the show. I mean, I thought this was a good Friday show, man. Lots to talk about. Some good questions. Uh, pretty entertaining. I mean, I think there's only one thing left to do, and it's simply this. Grifka, do you have anything else? For the people. Uh, nope. Grifka always brings it at the end of the show. I mean, he, he absolutely does this. Know your role. 
I mean, the classic lines Grifka brings, the the fact that he's online 24-7, 24-7, the fact that he reads all these publications and gets all mad because Detroit gets no respect and then I have to talk him off the ledge is tremendous. Another great Detroit Kool-Aid cast, a fun show on a Friday. <clears throat> the draft is over. We got tons to talk about. We'll keep you entertained. We'll keep you, uh, give your Lions content twice a week. You can also check out Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions on any podcast platform where I chop it up and talk Lions. That drops on Monday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we got you covered right here. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.